5: Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Today coming to you from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. On my way to Clemson, South Carolina. Man, I am uh, I'm fired up. Um, I, I I made a it was a tough call, and I think I may have made the wrong call. I don't know. My son's nine years old. A couple of years ago, we watched the Clemson Louisville game. You, you probably remember when Lamar Jackson took Louisville in there. And second half, he played really well. They came back, nearly won the game, and Deshaun Watson ended up uh, putting their thumb on him and and winning late. Um, But uh, my son at the time, he fell in love with Howard's Rock and the entrance. I thought ESPN did a great job kind of telling the story of it. And I do some work for a company called Stadium. Uh, If you know about Stadium Sports, you can watch it online on Twitter and Twitch and I believe on Facebook. Uh, I've done basketball games for him. Tomorrow we'll be doing a, a college football show. Eric Wood, former offensive lineman, Louisville, Buffalo Bills. You remember him and C.J. Spiller, for, of course, former NFL running back, also former Bill and uh, former Clemson Tiger. We'll be doing just kind of uh, all you know, completely live, one hour talking about college college football from Clemson, South Carolina, and then I'll walk over to the game and watch him rub Howard's rock, and they're taking on undefeated NC State Club. That'll be a ton of fun. So I, what I remember is, and I so I chose not to bring my son. And it was a tough call because you would not miss two days of school or one day of school, whatever, not that big a deal. When you're nine years old, right? You had a sub yesterday. I didn't even know they got like a party today. Who knows? Um, But I, I do think there'll be another opportunity. But I remember my dad told me a couple of things that still resonate with me today. Like going to Clemson, I remember him telling me there's actually paw prints on the highway leading to the stadium. I thought that was cool. Another thing my dad taught me was he was a basketball coach since the day he finished college getting his master's degree at Columbia University. Went to Ohio State, got a degree, and then went to Columbia University and got a master's degree. And he had to get a master's to be a high school coach at the time. He was a high school coach, became a college coach. Got fired in 1984 at Long Beach State, kind of bounced around professional basketball and minor league level. And he started his own business with my mom. My mom's an interior designer. And I remember him telling me that, he said, listen, once you work for yourself, you'll never want to work for anybody else. That resonated with me. Right? I was thinking about the Clemson Tire and I was thinking, once you work for yourself, you never want to work for anybody else. So I watched LeBron James last night. And I, I understand that he's technically working for Genie Bus, and for Magic Johnson and for Rob Polinka and frankly for Luke Walton but but the ownership that he has taken in the rebuilding of the Lakers franchise and there's a bunch that has been discussed is LeBron to Hollywood are there too many things I, I look it's a heavy load it's a heavy burden and we can tackle that we can discuss that but if you watch the game if you listen to the game if you observed the leadership that he has shown, if you know, like I do um, the kind of inside details about how he's trying to shape the thing to the image that he thinks is the best and most sustainable. You understand that he's taking ownership. This is, he's working for himself. Like, look, LeBron James has he's worked for Pat Riley. Um, he's worked for, for the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And he's never really taken ownership over other decisions. Has he encouraged the organization based upon things he said and things that he's done and the way that he's acted? Yes. But ownership, that's different. Take a listen to this clip last night early in the game.
0: We got you. Anytime you fall, all right,
1: anytime y'all fall, stay down. Your brother
5: come pick you up. I want this to be a brotherhood, a family a different sort of organization. And this is what we're going to do. LeBron is very smart. He is incredibly strategic and he has his own production company. He's already worked for himself. He he will never want to work for anybody else. And so I understand this thought that it's a wasted year. No, it's not the hard truth about the Lakers And what they're doing is that they know they couldn't win a championship this year. LeBron frankly knew he couldn't win a championship if he stayed in Cleveland. So the idea that it was a bad decision because either they lost a game or they ultimately won't win a championship, that's only telling the hard truth to fans, which is, hey, guess what? Even if you have LeBron James, every year you can't win a championship. Even at 34, every year you couldn't win a championship because the Celtics are better and because the Warriors are better. And frankly, the Rockets and the Thunder because of their experience together, as well as their talent, they're probably better. So whatever else was left for him, be it Philadelphia, staying in Cleveland or coming out to the Lakers or playing in Timbuktu. This was actually the best possible option. And additionally, and more importantly, the way to completely engage LeBron in the process, to not lose him to Hollywood, to not lose him to his family, is to give him a chunk of ownership. If you listen, I have a uh, all-basketball podcast. It's called All Ball. Um, two weeks ago, we had Aran Ganat. He's the head coach at Hawaii. When he took over Hawaii's program, they ran workouts at 6 in the morning or 7 in the morning, Hawaiian time. And after a month, the coaches stop showing up and they let the players have ownership of it. I had Randy Bennett on, who uh, this past week, we just dropped it yesterday. Randy's the head coach at St. Mary's, where Ron came from. And this is one of his philosophies, which is let the players have ownership of their program. That's what LeBron's doing. It doesn't mean that LeBron's coaching. It doesn't mean that LeBron is making every business decision or making every free agency pickup. But he is sculpting and remaking this team in the image that he most wants it to be. Creating in his his likeness. He's starting his own business. He's working for himself. Because as my dad told me, "Mm, 35 years ago, 30 years ago, once you work for yourself, you're never going to want to work for anybody else. And LeBron James has gotten a taste of that in what he does in the private sector. And that's what he's trying to do working in the NBA. He doesn't own the Lakers. He doesn't run the Lakers. He doesn't coach the Lakers. But he doesn't work in reality for the Lakers. He works for LeBron James, Inc. And if you watch how he's playing and watch how the team's evolving... I think you get a sense that's exa- he's trying to create in an image that he feels is he wants to be most representative of his career. And look, they weren't great last night, weren't great at all. Couldn't make a shot. which one of the things I told you, you you cannot prepare yourself for the LeBron James thing, right? Like the game is in Portland. And you're like, oh wait, yeah, Portland's a zoo. Not only because Nike's headquartered there, but so is Adidas, and they have Damian Lillard. So even a s one of the smaller NBA outposts like Portland was a buzz last night. That's going to be every Lakers road game for at least the first half of the season and most of the second half of the season as well. And he's the biggest show in town. And I'm sure that puts a lot of pressure on other Lakers, and I'm sure part of the pressure and playing at game speed, game tempo is why they missed their first. So look, uh, some of it is com- confirmation bias. You didn't think Rondo can shoot? He can't shoot. You thought this roster was made up of guys that hadn't shown the ability to consistently make threes and they don't make them. But I think part of it is, part of it is, the pressure and speed and pace of playing with LeBron James against a team that's playing at a higher Uh, level of intensity defensively because they're playing against LeBron James-led Lakers. It's like all of those Lakers who are coming back for year two, it's hard to uh, calculate how good a shooting team they'll be. Josh Hart, for example, came off the bench and hit some shots. He's a far better shooter this year. Ingram should be better because they're still in the growth phase of their... On the other hand, they've played in the NBA technically, but they haven't played in the real NBA. Right? Like, Ingram hadn't played in the real NBA. Hart hadn't played in the real NBA. Lonzo hadn't played in the real NBA. So you look around that team. Kyle Kuzma, who got exposed, they tried to play him at small ball five, hadn't played in the real NBA. Now you're playing the real NBA. It is, it's, a, it's almost a different sport. Wait Then wait till you get to the playoffs when it's cranked up even more. So, yeah, have some catch your breath. They'll adjust. It's like hopping into the... Have you ever been to your your son at the the, the batting cage, right? And you go and you try and hop in the 70 machine, and that thing is humming by you like, holy cow. But then you go in a couple times and you adjust to the speed and you can probably hit it. That's the deal with the young Lakers. But never forget, LeBron James is working for himself. He's trying to recreate this team in the image that he desires it to, to play out as such. All right. Hall of Famer and MLB Fox analyst John Smoltz joins the show. I'll ask him about, um, can you believe what happened with the Red Sox last night? The least dependable and most overpaid of their starters becomes rightfully compensated and the most dependable. What in the heck? Plus, huge game for the Dodgers tonight against the Brewers. We'll get Smoltz's thoughts next.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive. It's simple. Plug in Snapshot, drive, and earn discounts for safe driving. Save more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE.
5: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Checking a couple bucket lists here in the next couple weeks, Ramos. Wonderful. Clemson Clemson this week uh Florida State next week and then November 17th going to go uh to Lane Stadium Virginia Tech. I've been to Virginia Tech before but never for a football game. So uh, if you know anything about Virginia Tech they come in to enter Sam dun. Sounds like a Doug Gottlieb world tour is what I think. Oh man, it's I'm I'm really I'm really fired up. I like I love uh interacting with people and I love going to seeing some of these great sporting events and then uh, I'll be back on my couch for NFL Sunday so even 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 better. And then of course, tonight, this is great. this is great. tonight you got game six in Milwaukee, the Dodgers and and here's what I said yesterday on TV uh by the way, the boys have filled in. Bucky Brooks did a great job with Dan Byer yesterday filling in for the Doug Gottlieb show. um, um I, I thought this is me. Like it's weird the Kershaw thing, because he's not the guy he used to be. The fastball is in the low nineties now, but his use of the curveball and that's as big a, as gutty and big a pitching performance as you can find, considering how taxed both bullpens were from the night before. So to uh, not just win and pitch well and nine strikeouts in seven innings, but to do so when you your bullpens running on fumes and give them an extra day to get ready for tonight's. Game six, what an outing. And that might have been topped by what David Price did last night. Who, who uh, David Price, much maligned, picked up the ball and delivered, and now the Red Sox are in the World Series. They await the winner of tonight's game. The guy who will be on the call of tonight's game is the great John Smoltz. He joins us on Fox Sports Radio. Smoltz, let, let's start two nights ago. Let's go back to, to Kershaw um that adjustment that why do you think by the way his velocity is so down from Pete kershaw
7: well i mean some of it has to do with a little bit of what he's been dealing with and injury wise i'm sure you know lower back a couple times two years in a row um it takes its toll and you don't what you don't want to do as a pitcher you don't want to force velocity and so you sometimes feel what you have is what you have and you learn how to pitch with it. That's one thing he's always been able to do. But the biggest adjustment he made in his second game was he, he had a much better slider. That slider is everything for Clayton Kershaw. Uh, it was not good in his first game. And uh, he made the adjustment, got out of a big inning that uh, ultimately could have got away from him and then never looked back. So his combination of fastball, curveball, slider is as good as it gets. It's not the late-life type pitch that we got used to see with the velocity, but I don't think that really matters. If he's healthy and can repeat his mechanics, I think he's he could put the ball where he wants to.
5: John Smoltz joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. We'll, we'll get to tonight's game, which, of course, um, pregame coverage starts at 7.30 Eastern time, and the uh, game gets underway on uh, Fox at uh, eight thirty p.m. Eastern time, that's Game Six. Brewers welcoming in those Dodgers. D- David Price, Pete David Price in the playoffs is when he first came out of the, uh, Vandy and he was with Tampa and he came out of the pen. And you know the, the the deal in Boston has not worked out well, but he picked up the ball last night. What did he change? What allowed him to be so successful in what had he had struggled with before?
7: You know, it's a great question because he got hot the night before. He was up in the bullpen. He had fired his bullets. You know, although be it trying to get ready for a short situation, you rarely do that and then start the next game. I've seen a lot of things this postseason that are uncharacteristically not conducive for people to have success. Uh, but managers have chosen to do things in a in a different way. And the upside-downside, you got to live with it. But what he did in that game was he finally got to the point where when he commands his fastball, which he does a lot, but the combination of his fastball and change see he doesn't throw his curveball anymore, and he really doesn't have any other change of speed other than that fadeaway change-up and that, that he makes the right-handed hitters conscious in, and then they got to try to get their bat started, and then next thing you know, he throws a change-up. I thought his combination of command and, and change-ups were as good as it's going to be. and You know, that that, that was huge for him, Psychologically, I'm sure physically he was kind of spent. Yeah. Um. But mentally, he, uh, you know, he got over a pretty big hurdle, and uh, and and I, I'm sure he was tired of talking about what he hadn't done, and now that one game, it doesn't erase every other game, but it sure puts a, it puts it in the back pages and allows him to to move forward and his team in the World Series.
5: I, I, I it's it's fascinating to listen to you talk about pitching. I want to ask you about hitting though. Um, because it did feel like the Astros who you had the controversial call in the first inning, and then you have the unbelievable catch by Bentiende, which ends it in the in the ninth inning. How much of the psychology of we 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 probably should have won the night before in their own mind, we should have won the night before feeds into because uh, I used to watch other teams when they would face you uh, well, not not necessarily you, but maybe your setup guys, or especially Mariano Rivera, right? and you get to the fifth inning, and you know that Mo was coming in, and you get to the sixth inning, and you start to, well, he can get it. And guys would swing uncharacteristically out of their zones because they felt like they couldn't hit uh, Rivera. Was it last night those guys you know, trying too hard to make up for losing the night before? Yeah, I
7: mean, there's certainly times where you press a little bit, but I would say when, you're, when you feel like you've got the best pitching in baseball, and the combination of their pitching and bullpen and not to mention the offense that they possess, this was uh, going up against another great offense and that other offense just beat you and they beat great pitching. Uh, you look at the numbers off of um, the starting pitching and what they were able to do. Boston just basically put so much pressure on Houston's offense that maybe they just couldn't match it. You know, teeter totter game and the game you talked about with the home run that wasn't a home run. They took the lead. Boston took the lead so once you take the lead you're not even thinking of those two runs that weren't uh part of your you know scoreboard so this is just a matter of of a team that when you think about winning a postseason series I, I, I lost track 19 20 runs with two outs that that's that's almost impossible and that, that's a backbreaker. And that's what Boston did. They got two big, uh, two out hits after two out hits. And those hurt and those sting. Um, and they did them off a of great pitcher. So you really, really have to credit them for putting so much pressure on the offense of the, 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 the Astros that they're not used to that from their pitchers. Their pitchers usually shut everybody else down. So this was just a better, uh, better approach by the, by
5: the Boston offense, Spolzy, we've discussed this before because I know how much you care for the game, and you know I love baseball. My son plays baseball. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned with the future of baseball from from this aspect. This is the time of year when the mainstream fan buys in, right? Locally, the numbers are sky high. People are still going into ballparks, but but nationally, this is the time. And that Dodger game the other night was or when well, no, it was the, the, the Red Sox game two nights ago, it was over five hours long. And then, you know, the Dodger games, especially with the Brewers making so many pitching changes, I just, I I don't know whether you're going to hold the audience. I understand that the, the computers tell you and analytics tell you to find the right matchups. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how salaries are adjusted and whether or not people are paying big money for some of these players when they're easily replaceable for a more favorable matchup. That's interesting for the offseason, but for... For the long-term sustainability of baseball, what do you do with the length of these games due to all the changes that are being made, pitching changes and, and pinch hits?
7: Well, uh, you've had all the high notes of basically clips that people are talking about. And um, from the standpoint of strategy, strategy doesn't care how long it takes or <laughs> who's watching. Uh, strategy yeah. is, is put forth with a uh, bunch of data, and a bunch of equations that basically give you a blueprint for a, they call it a pathway of success. Um, and and when you go through certain moments, like you've mentioned, it comes sometimes and might be coming at a cost to some who say, I just can't hang in there, uh, especially games on the West coast. So, at the end of the day, I, I don't have a lot of answers for it. I know those concerns and those will be addressed in the years to come. Uh, game uh, baseball usually has kind of a reciprocal kind of approach where it corrects itself. It just, yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. But I will say this um, you know, this year's Milwaukee Brewer team will not be next year's Milwaukee Brewer team. They will not do this next year. This is out of necessity. Um, I've said this could give, you know, some hope to other teams and might, it might be a false read for a blueprint of success because you can't do this in a regular season. So when you get to the postseason and you have your matchups, like they have them, this is their only formula for success. I've always said, since I've played the game and when I've been out of the game, that usually about 90%, I think when the team usually um, has the most innings pitched out of their starters, that team usually goes on to win. And this could be an exception if the Brewers can prove they can win these next two games because the Dodger pitchers, starting pitchers, have been, have been really good. And, um, you know, time will tell. When you've just got to look at the last 10 to 12 uh, champions, the World Series champions, not any one of those teams fit this kind of new age model as far as blueprint for success. But in time, if this ends up disrupting the flow of, of how we look at baseball – then other teams, I'm sure, are going to look at ways to try to increase their chances. But you've hit all the high notes. That's not something that, you know, no one has noticed. It's just part of where we are today in baseball.
5: John Smoltz joining us. What about the Brewers offense? Only 16 runs, hitting 219 with a 653 OPS uh, against the Dodgers. What's gone wrong against that Dodger pitching?
3: Well,
7: you know, uh, fair or not, um, the reason that, that, Yelich is going to win the MVP. He single-handedly carried the team in the second half. I mean, that kind of production in the second half is unbelievable. They are a top-heavy offense, meaning their front five guys do a lot of their damage. Although this postseason, it's been the bottom seven, eight, nine that has really got them the wins they've gotten so far. So if yeah,
5: Woodruff yeah, hitting home runs and getting walks that that changes things a little bit. I'm telling you, it's
7: been amazing. And if they get any production out of the top five, they're they're gonna benefit now from flipping the script of their offense that had so much potent uh power and production out of the top. So you gotta credit um again the Dodgers starters. They've done a nice job at being able to keep um at at, Yelich at at bay. And uh look, I, I said this um You always have these different sayings. Would you sign up for a 3-2 deficit in the beginning of the year, two games at home for the Milwaukee Brewers? That's what I would be selling our team. And the answer would be unequivocally yes. They've had an amazing stretch, an amazing run. It's going to be super loud. And if they get a couple guys to wake up, um, they're going to have a bullpen ready to go to shut this thing down and force a game seven.
5: John, thanks so much for your time. I know you're super, super busy. Love listening to you call the games on Fox, and best of luck tonight.
7: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
5: All right, that's the great John Smoltz who joins us in the Doug Gottlieb show. we, we got to have him back on, not just before the World Series or during the World Series, but got to have him on. He's a huge sports fan, goes to hoops games, went to the Big Ten tournament last year. Uh, remember, tonight's game, 7.30 Eastern time, and we'll be on FS1 pregame. 8.30 Eastern time is the game, and, of course, uh, postgame, which uh, all that gives you is David Ortiz, Frank Thomas, uh, who was apologizing to Justin Turner and Justin Turner's wife on uh, the postgame the other night. And, uh, and Alex Rodriguez, as well as Kevin Burkhart, that's right after the game. Let's get to Dan Byer, who's our noted Brewers fan. Byer, your level of confidence tonight is what?
4: Uh, it's about 50-50. They haven't hit, as Lou Brown would say, for you-know-what but uh, in a while. But they're back home. Hopefully the bats will awaken. We'll see. Maybe those bats need hats. Yeah, maybe they do. Maybe They could not hit the curveball. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's that is true. They uh yeah they've struggled ever since. Gosh, just even thinking back. Did you know what that's from? The major league. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. You go. goes. A movie reference. Dan Byer. Yes. Got, huh? yes. I and yes. you know and I said movie reference. Dan, Dan Byer
5: got a movie reference. Stuff, wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, Ramos, I want you to mark the tape.
4: Okay, let's put that one up. Okay, there we go. There we go. We're good. Sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Hey, I, I did reference Lou Brown, but then I'm like, well, maybe he didn't say that in the movie. But I, I've he did, seen it. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Can't. Uh... Uh,
5: but I don't think that was when he said it. He said it actually at the start.
4: Like, yes. you may
5: run like a. You yeah. may
4: run like me, but you hit <laughs> yeah.
5: like. Yeah. The best Lou Brown line in that movie is when he gets offered the job <laughs> to coach the to manage the Indians. Like, I don't know. I don't know, Charlie. I got a guy on the other line. I'm some white walls. I have to yeah. get back to you. Okay.
4: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I got to think this one over. There's
5: only one more thing we we can we
4: got to do. Win the whole right. Dodgers Brewers tonight, Game Six on FS1. First pitch 8:39 Eastern Time. They're in Milwaukee, but the Dodgers are up three-two. Hinch and Rio on the mound for the Dodgers. Wade Miley going for Milwaukee. We've got would
5: you. Would you rather watch it in person or on your couch? couch. Honest story. your yeah. couch? Yeah. I give you the best seats in the house in Milwaukee though. Oh, that's a different
4: story. You know. Okay, I yeah. give you
5: uh I give you Mar- Would you do you like Marlins man seats? Are those good seats?
4: Yeah, yeah, I yeah, okay. I would take those. I don't like being down the baseline. I'd rather be behind home plate.
5: Yeah, you can't see all these people are like, "Oh," like you can't see balls and strikes from like the third deck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you're not you're not booing the guy throws over the first guy, are you? Oh, God. <laughs> Boo he throws over the first. No. No, let all.
4: him steal. Let him steal. That's what you're supposed to do. Sorry, go ahead. That's all right. I was going to shift to the National Football League, Doug, go. because we have a trade. We do? A trade in the NFL. The Cleveland Browns have sent running back Carlos Hyde to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Multiple reports saying it's for a fifth-round pick. So the Browns opening up the door for Nick Chubb to take over their running back situation may say more about Leonard Fournette's status... The Jaguars running back is again going to miss their game against the Texans on Sunday. TJ Yeldon's been dinged up, but he's going to start. He's logged a lot of snaps so far this season, but a trade in the NFL. Yes, the Browns sending running back Carlos Hyde to the Jaguars. Vikings running back Dalvin Cook won't play Sunday against the Jets because of a strained hamstring. And how about this injury? The NFL Network reports Raiders running back Marshawn Lynch Mm -hmm. could miss at least a month because of a groin injury and may be a candidate for injured reserve. One other note: sounds past- like he's got a torn groin. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. A,
5: like a tear off the bone gro- groin. That that's that's not good. I talked to Danny Amendola about it. He had he tore both of his. He's like most painful thing I've ever been through.
4: The uh, Thunder take on the Clippers tonight in L. A. Russell uh-huh. Westbrook may have a chance to play in this game. ESPN saying he's going to work out today. They'll see how his knee responds, but we could see Russell Westbrook tonight against the Clippers.
5: Yeah, uh-huh. I uh, the, the the workout the end of the workout was posted online. Did you see that? On, no, t- on Twitter. Yeah, he, he looks fine. Um, he he looks good. But it's when it, when they say let's, he, I'm sure they're going to see if it swells up afterwards, or if he's uh, or if he's okay. Uh, Clippers are a fascinating group, man. Good defensively. They think Shea Gildas Alexander is going to be the best point guard from the NBA draft. I'm not sure they have a closer, but they'll be a team that that's competitive, even if they're not winning a lot of games. It will be fascinating, fascinating to see. Um, look. The other big news in the NFL, Dan, which uh, I think I know you've talked about and you'll talk about in your show, Dan Byers' um, fantasy football show, which is going to be great because I'll be driving early Sunday morning. Uh, it's Sunday morning, what, 9 Eastern time, yep. 6 Pacific, right? That's 9 correct. to 11, it's 6 to 8. So, And the Cardinals just played and got blown out by the Denver Broncos. But it is interesting, I guess the question, how many teams – Can Mike McCoy be fired by in, like, two or three calendar years, right? Chargers, then Broncos, now Cardinals. But there's been a lot of, how can you fire a guy seven weeks into the season? And uh, some of it is their offensive line play was awful. Some of it is the fact that, you know, somebody had to catch the blame. Steve Kimes, this is his first first job coaching, and uh, he can't take all the heat. I Steve Wilkes, why I say Steve Kimes? Steve Kimes, their GM. Steve Wilkes uh, is their new head coach, is a defensive guy. But I, I think a good portion of it is, you remember Larry Fitzgerald came out and he had some, some critical comments about the offense going back to last week. Just look at the numbers. David Johnson gets three targets. Here's a guy that can catch 80, 90 balls out of the backfield. He gets 14 carries. Granted, they're behind the whole game. And that's one reason he gets it. And Larry Fitzgerald, he got eight targets, only caught four. I mean, it, it feels pretty obvious that this was a, at some point, a come to Jesus. Hey, dude, you got to get the, find a way to get the ball to David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, and uh, and Christian Kirk. And they were unable to do so consistently. Just no creativity. Now, you, you look, at, look at what the Bears have done. You look at what the Chiefs have done. Look at what the Rams have done. And, and and I would say, I mean, look, McCoy was pretty dull when he was the head coach. Now, he did have Frank Reich at one time working with his offense as his quarterback coach. But, but McCoy, he's just kind of old school and bland, and that's not the in thing. You know what McCoy's like? McCoy's like, they have this adage in college basketball, right? If you want to win, play slow, or, you know, you want to... You can keep it close by playing slow, but if you want to entertain, you got to play fast. And that's really what's, that's really kind of the, the mantra of the bears and maybe the chiefs. And I know the chiefs have in fact one and the Rams. I know they have in fact one, but they're spreading you out. They got multiple formations. They're moving people around. They're running jet sweeps. It, Even if, and I talked to the the Dolphins said this, and even the Bears kind of admit to it. Like the Bears offense is is not really that creative, which is the Kansas City Chiefs offense. They're running some of the same plays that everybody else runs. But they doll it all up and they do that little kind of magic trick. Like can take you over here. We'll take you over here. We'll sprinkle a little pixie dust. We'll make you think it's going here. And then we just hand off and run belly whereas the, the Arizona Cardinals just line up and let's run the football off tackle or play action into a basic pass. Those kind of schemes are a little bit going the way of the dodo. If you have a better team, you can do that. If you have an inferior team, you better be entertaining. You better find ways to move people around, creative ways to get your best players the ball. And I actually think this was the right thing. Steve Wilkes is like, look, this ain't going to work. It's better now than go through a painful stretch of the last nine weeks of the season and then admit it's not going to work. By the way, Vance Joseph kept the Wolves at bay for a day, didn't he? Doesn't mean that he keeps his job long-term, but that really went a long way to help. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Who will get the better end of the Browns and Jags trade? I'll tell you next.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check this out.
5: Austin Hooper joins us from the Atlanta Falcons on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. How long did it really take to get over it?
0: I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, it sucks to go, you
8: know, go the distance like that and come up short. But I mean, the best thing that helped me out was just remembering, you know, the sun's going to rise tomorrow. I mean, take a deep breath and you know, move on. I mean, there's nothing else you can do. All you can do for a minute is like. It's a loss like anything else. No matter how much you know, the fans and the media want to build it up. At the end of the day, it is a game. I mean, it's obviously the one that you've been dreaming about since you're a five-year-old kid in the backyard playing catch with your dad. But at the end of the day, what are you gonna do? You're gonna dwell on it. You're gonna move on and improve. So that's kind of the way, you know. I-, I viewed it, but you know, it
9: is tough. There's no way to slice it.
3: If you missed anything from the Doug Gottlieb Show, you can always podcast by going to foxsportsradio.com. Now, once again, here's Doug Gottlieb.
5: Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Every day this time we try and play a game for you. It incorporates all the different stories in the world of sports. Let's get after it with Dan Beyer. This
3: is Game Time.
4: It's Game Time.
5: On the Doug Gottlieb Show. You can borrow up to 40000 dollars Pay off your high interest debt or credit cards with Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com slash playbook today. Check your rate in minutes. It's lendingclub.com slash playbook. All made we- all loans made by Web Bank member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
4: Dan, what's the game? Psychic. The game, the game yes, psychic. The game is <laughs> psychic. All right, psychic. You uh, know, how I knew that because you're psychic. Boom. Well, that's very good. Let's uh, let's start with Major League Baseball. You were talking with John Smoltz about this. Smolty. So, psychic. Did the narrative every, everything? Every nickname in
5: baseball, by the way, you just put a Y at the end of somebody's name. S Y at the end of somebody's name. <laughs> yeah, right? Smoltz. Yeah.
4: Miley. Gottlieb Z. Yeah. Gottlieb Z. Ramos Z. Yes, yeah. Musicie. Um, yeah. Did the narrative change on David Pricey following his nine strikeout, six inning performance last night against the Strohs in Game Five?
5: Honestly, I actually think it makes it worse for David Price, right? Because really? like, if you didn't like David Price, you're like,
4: see, you had it in you all
5: along, <laughs> all along. This is what we're you just you did your job. What he David Price? He did his job. He finally did his job. He will you get an of boy for doing your job? Congratulations, doing your
4: job. Why haven't you done your job the rest of the year? I wondered in that game four when they were having trouble closing it out when Kimbrel was was just all over the plate and Price started to warm up, I thought, man, if he comes in, now everybody's just going to say, see, should have been a reliever. You've talked about the success he had with the Rays 10 years ago and their run to the World Series. But uh, use the start to try to change that narrative. All right, some college football to talk about. What matchup between ranked teams will be the most exciting this weekend in college football? You're going to see number 16 NC State at number three Clemson. There's mm-hmm. also number th- six Michigan at number 24 Michigan State, number 22 Mississippi State at number five LSU, and number 12 Oregon at number 25 Washington State. Which of those well, four is going pe- to be most exciting?
5: Pe- people are going crazy about this wazoo thing because they declared a state of emergency. Is that right? Jeez.
4: They declared
5: a state of emergency in Pullman because people went crazy with college game day coming to town. Oh, wow. that, that, by, that, by the way, is a classic uh, attention getter. This is a uh, you know, yeah. scheme for attention. Well, not a real state of emergency. right? Like, um, but I, I don't think it's that interesting. I think Michigan, Michigan State's the most interesting.
4: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that one, especially because Michigan State now maybe on this upswing after their win against Penn State and Michigan playing some of the best football outside of Tuscaloosa in college football. Yeah, uh, I
5: don't know if Michigan
4: State's in the upswing or
5: they just played one good game. Right? They they didn't they
4: lose to Northwestern the
5: week before at home.
4: Yeah, but at least but they did win winning on the road at Happy Valley with Penn State coming off of that bye. It's, it's a good win.
5: No, I yeah. I'm not saying it's not a good win. I think it's a very good win. But it's the, we, we do, we have a tendency to do this, right? We're like, um remember like Herm Edwards. Remember we had Herm on? They won the first two games of the year. Like, Herm Edwards, see? Great hire. Yeah. They're one in four since. Um, so I do, I I saw Michigan State almost lose to Utah State. We all saw them lose to Arizona State, who hasn't proven to be a good team. And then they also lost at home to Northwestern, who was competitive with with, uh, with Michigan.
4: I, I do think the size of the spread is interesting. We'll get to it later with my picks. All right. Psychic, who's going to benefit more from this Carlos Hyde trade in the long run, Cleveland or Jacksonville? Hyde goes to the Jaguars for a fifth-round pick.
5: I actually think the Browns will benefit more. The Browns have had a three-headed monster at running back, and this allows you. You mentioned uh, Chubb to get a a, a much healthier um, much healthier amount of the carries. Now, instead of a three-headed monster, they have a two-headed monster uh, so I I would say Cleveland, even though a fourth round pick, you would you would hope it was a third round pick instead of a fourth round pick. That's pretty good. That's pretty good value assessment from Jacksonville. He becomes a backup until Leonard Fournette gets healthy.
4: Psychic Markel Fultz hit his first three pointer last night against the Bulls. Will the Sixers guard shoot better than thirty percent from three point range this season?
5: Oh yeah, I think they'll shoot better. I
4: think they'll they'll improve. Um, what about him? What, what about him? Fultz. Who? Markel Fultz. Markel Uh, Fultz. I
5: I think he still shook. I know he made one, and it looked, it was pure and perfect, but he was 5 of 15 during the game. Will he be better than 30%?
4: No, he will not. Psychic, finally, will Kansas be penalized by the NCAA following the testimony in the college basketball corruption trial?
5: Yes, they will be punished. I don't believe it will be this year. It takes the NCAA a long time, and a lot of what, you know, the idea that Bill Self knew, that's just one of the defendants – lawyers say there's no facts to back that up. It doesn't mean that Bill Self didn't know. It's what can you prove? The NCAA will have to more thoroughly investigate it.
3: (laughs) That's game, huh? This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb show.
5: The real reason Dak Prescott has been playing better. I'll tell you, it's not that hard to figure out, but for whatever reason, we never really give it all that much credit. Uh, that's upcoming next. Plus, uh, man, what a great show for you. Picks later on in the show as well. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxsportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Hope you're having a great day, ready for a great sports weekend. Game six of the NLCS tonight on Fox Sports 1. Um, I'm excited about baseball. Uh, and to be completely honest, to be completely candid, uh, I do actually hope the Dodgers win. Uh, I'd like to see you know Brewers-Dodgers game seven. That'd be awesome, too. And I know buyer, This is like, dude, you're born in Milwaukee. Jeff Levering, who calls the games, as well as Brian Anderson, who calls games on TV side for the Brewers. They're they're both friends. Like I, I like this has nothing. And Craig Council is really close friends with one of my dear friends in the business, Boog Shombi. This is not an anti. I'm not an anti brewtite <laughs> This is just more. I don't know. Red Sox Dodgers feels big. Feels like both coasts involved, right? It just does. You get two of the great venues for the sport. It feels amazing. Amazing. So um, that doesn't take away from the Brewers. I'm just being completely candid and saying, man, I would really, really, really like to see Dodgers, Red Sox for like seven games. Baseball should be decided game seven at Fenway Park. Don't you think? I mean, no way, anti Brewer guy, or I'm not even, even though I grew up in Southern California, I'm not going to sit here and fake it and tell you I'm a lifelong Dodger fan. I'm not an Angel fan. But there, there is something special about Dodger Stadium, there is something special about Fenway. And I love. I mean, October baseball when you can, you know, go to the mouth and warm up your fingers. Fenway Park, game seven. You know, like Clayton Kershaw getting the start. That just feels right. Kenley Jansen and Craig Kimbrell, who apparently was tipping pitches. That's what they think the, the Red Sox have found the problem is that he was tipping pitches. We'll see. We'll see if that was the issue. What was the issue with the with the Dallas Cowboys? Is it that that Dak Prescott is now figured out and they're figuring out their offense, and that's why they won forty to seven this past week? Maybe that's a little bit. They're they're getting better offensively. I remember a conversation I had with. Um, I remember a conversation I had with Tony Romo a couple years ago at one of the Super Bowls, and he said. Look, I, I'm not going to tell you if I'm great or good or bad. It's like, nobody goes to the Super Bowl unless you got a top five, top 10 defense. You know? The Dallas Cowboys defense is ranked fourth in yards per game, second in uh, points per game. And they get back Sean Lee, who, of course, is their leader. They're Sergeant Holka, if you remember the movie Stripes, their big toe in the middle of that defense. The two parts to what the Cowboys are doing, which is, I don't know if I want to say genius or they're just kind of figuring it out. They had 23 first downs. That's great. That's great. 23 first downs. Uh, On third down, they were seven of 17. That's big. And they possessed the ball for 38 and a half, over 38 and a half minutes. That's dominant. But the reason they were able to do that was their defense. Holding the Jaguars to 4-11 of on third down. They ran 72 plays as opposed to the Jaguars running 47 plays. Think about that for a second. And in the NFL, a relatively low number of possessions. They had 11. The Jaguars had 12. Their game plan of running the football playing 11-on-11 11 11 football, freeing up Dak to be more of a runner and stopping the run and limiting people on third down. I know you're sitting there going like, well, no, Doug Gottlieb. It, it was helped in large part by the ineptitude of Blake Bortles and the lack of running game without Leonard Fournette. But if you look at the defensive rankings for what the Cowboys have done, the Cowboys' strength is their defense, and they figure figured that thing out. That's it. And they're shortening the game. You know, go take a look at what happened with the the, the Chiefs. Had the Patriots beat the Chiefs. They possessed the football. 36 minutes. They won by three. The Patriots only won by three points. But how are they able to move the ball late to get in the field goal range? Well, a good portion of it is they had the football. In other words, the, the Chiefs were on defense for 13 minutes longer then they were on offense. So instead of sometimes concentrating on Dak Prescott, who I do think has done a good job, the Cowboys allowing 17 points per game, second in the NFL, 315 yards a game, fourth in the NFL, and they're eighth and seventh in terms of pass and rush yards. Plus, again, after the pass, are pretty good, even though they haven't had their full allotment of pass rushers the first four or five games. We pay attention so often to quarterback 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 quarterback. Kind of set on who Dak is and I do think making him a runner will put one more, you know, activates one more guy into the box which frees up frees up more of their receivers, which is what they need because they don't have a ton of talent. But it also kind of deceives us from exactly what's going on. Right. Why was Champ Bailey? Why well, Why was Cole? Be- why was Champ? Why was Cole Beasley often uh, uh, open so much more often? I and mean, Cole Beasley was really their only consistent threat. Nine catches, hundred one yards. Why? Well, because you take one guy out of the defense. If you allow your quarterback to be a real runner, and Dak ran it, Dak ran it what eleven times. So you already got to worry about Zeke. Now you got to worry about Dak. That's one less guy. Who you can double team either Cole Beasley with, you know, or leave as your as your uh, as your safety. Yes, Ryan Music.
2: So when you look at their defense, you know, I, I think there may be some certain aspects where you know maybe they aren't as good as some of the stats say, but they seem to have a very good framework in place. Maybe a little bit, you know, get someone in the secondary. But on offense, we talk about their receiving core is lacking playmakers. So if they can address those two positions in like the next couple of seasons, do you see them being on course to getting back to that thirteen and three record and being, you know, what a lot of people at the time thought was like one of the Super Bowl contenders, no. even though they had a rookie running back. So you don't think they're that close yet?
5: No, but I, I don't think they're that far either, right? Like we all freaked out over how inept the offense was and you, but you just look at had Any offense, they beat the, they very easily could have beaten the Texans. If they had any offense, the defense was awesome. Think how many times the Texans failed to score in the red zone. Um, and even the Panthers game, early, you know, early on, they could have won that game. If they have any offense at all, they beat the Seahawks. You know, they haven't allowed more than 24 points scored, I think in a game this year and only more than 19 points, you know, half the, t- half the time, and you look, you know, it's Redskins who are, the Redskins are not a great team. Titans who will be coming back. Uh, I think they have a bye week before the Titans, don't they? And I don't know if the Titans have a bye week before because the Titans have London and yeah, the Titans have a bye week as well. But the Titans have all kinds of offensive line issues and you're playing at home. Like there isn't any reason that they can't win these next two games. You win the next two and all of a sudden it completely changes the feeling around that place. You still have to go to Philly. You got to go to the Falcons. Falcons are just an injury mess and they're not going to get much more healthy. Uh, They have a schedule that's manageable. So do I think they will be 13 and three? I mean, they'd have to run the table to be 13 and three. But if your question was, do I think they can get back to being a viable playoff team? Absolutely. Giants are a mess. Giants are a mess. Um, Eagles are better. Skins are in first place, but I don't think anybody regards them as the best team in that division. And so there's no reason to believe that they can't, Cowboys can't challenge the Eagles, even if they come up short and still make the playoffs. But yeah, I think they've kind of figured out who they are. And they figured out that the way to navigate Dak's inaccuracy is to make him into a runner, right? Make him into a runner and you may have guys running more open, which is what happened with Cole Beasley. Now all of a sudden you got two runners in that backfield It makes all of your other weapons at least guys that you have to keep your eye on, but you can't double team. I still don't think they're great offensively, and I don't think they're great defensively, but they can be a good football team, and there's a lot of bad. And if you can stay at or above 500, you get to the end of the year, there are going to be teams that are going to pack it in. Case in point, I mean, like, they're not playing the Raiders, but the Raiders are going to, they're they're going Chapter 7. They are reorganizing. And it would it's not crazy to think that the Giants won't do the same by the time they face them again it's not crazy to think that the Buccaneers won't do the same by the time they face the Buccaneers you know I don't think I don't think the Colts are a championship caliber team they play them later on in the season well let's see if, if Andrew Lucks still playing or if they shut him down because now you're out of the playoff hunt so I don't think it's crazy to think the Cowboys could still make the playoffs they're sitting there at 3-3 three and three in a competitive, though not super strong division. But I think the, fi- the best part is they figured out who they are, what their strengths are, and while they may have thought it was create a mismatch and get a guy underneath and get it to a guy in space, the truth is they can create those mismatches using Dak as a runner and playing to their defense and shortening the game by possessing the ball longer. All right, huge games in college football this weekend. Is Michigan closing in on a playoff spot? Joel Klatt and I will discuss next.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This program brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Last year, over 3 million drivers switched to Progressive. Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit Progressive.com today and find out if you could save. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. He'll be calling Michigan, Michigan State. He's the one, he's the only, Joel Klatt. He joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I, I want to get to Michigan in a second. You and I have been uh, pro-Michigan when everybody else jumped ship. Now people are trying to get back on the bandwagon as they figured out how to use Shea Patterson. But let's talk Michigan State first. I saw them against Utah State, a game they very well could have lost. They did lose to Arizona State, who has gone 1-4 uh, since that game. And though they just beat Penn State on the road... Huge win that comes off of losing to Northwestern at home. Who is Michigan? Give me a sense of Michigan State because they've been all over the map.
8: Yeah, I mean, good point. (laughs) Studying for this game has been interesting. Breaking down the film, watching them from game to game. The first thing that you do have to understand about Michigan State, Doug, is that they have been a mash unit. You know, I mean, the injuries. And the coaches, and credit them because their coaching staff led by Mark D'Antonio does not create excuses for themselves like other coaching staffs would, and you've been around those type of coaching staff you know, in, in broadcasting that will tell you every injury under the sun, and they use it as a crutch. The Michigan State is not that way, and yet they've had just a, probably more injuries than maybe anybody else in the country. Last week they traveled to, to Penn State, and they had six of their normal starters that didn't even make the trip on offense alone. They had another corner that that was missing. So they had seven starters not playing in that ball game. They were able to go out there and get a win. Um, Last week was the first time all year that they had the same five offensive linemen start a game and finish a game together. That same five is back. So I think some of the inconsistencies can be explained away just based on, on that. Having said that, I think the worrisome part about Michigan State is that they don't run the ball like they used to. And this is a team that relies heavily on running the football. And they're going to need to against Michigan because Michigan is, once again, leading the country in pass defense. This would be the third straight year if they were able to hold that number one ranking that they would finish with the number one pass defense in the country. And Brian Lewerke last the last two weeks, really, has thrown the ball 50-plus times for Michigan State. I don't think that's a game plan that's going to be successful for them, and they don't either. So they know that they've got to find some semblance of a run game if they're going to you know, keep this one close and ultimately pull the upset.
5: You and I have both uh, watched Michigan and said, man, you know, they lost the uh, Tariq Black kid who was supposed to be their top wide receiver. And there's a paucity of game breaking talent out wide. They seem to have made up for that using Shea Patterson in a way in which he's more comfortable out of the pocket, both running and throwing out of the pocket. Does that does that make their offense explosive enough to run through the Big Ten?
8: I think it does. You know, it was eye-opening for me, and and people have gotten on me this week because when I'm talking about Michigan, I, I tend to always compare them to Ohio State because I think those are the two favorites, in particular with Penn State losing twice already in this season in, in the Big Ten Conference. And after coming away from the Ohio State game and, and seeing Michigan both on tape and then live against Northwestern, I, ca- I come away thinking to myself, boy, this, this Michigan team's got a great chance. To win the conference. And the reason is, is not necessarily just Shea Patterson, but what he gives them and then where they've improved from where they were in previous seasons. You know, last season alone, they were putrid protecting the passer. They did not convert on third down very well. And because of that, they couldn't sustain drives and they didn't score many points. This year, that's totally opposite. They're one of the better teams in the country converting on third down, in large part due to the run game on first down, which I know that's kind of a chain reaction. But part of that is that. Shea has the ability to run, and some of those quarterback-designed runs created all sorts of mismatches for them last week against Wisconsin. He rolled out that 81-yard run, and it wasn't until he did that that then Karan Higdon started getting loose and ended up getting over the century mark because Higdon in the first half did not do much. He was seven, seven carries for 11 yards, basically, in the first half, and then Shea got loose, and it opened everything up. A quarterback that can hurt you with his feet is the great equalizer in college football, Doug, and now Michigan has that. In fact, Shea has converted more third-down conversions with his feet this year than all of Harbaugh's quarterbacks combined the first three years he was there. That's That's an element of this offense that has been lacking, missing. Now they have it, and I think it makes them one of the more dangerous teams, maybe in the country, but certainly in
0: the Big Ten.
5: What do you make of Wisconsin? Why why, why the disappointing season? And, and I know they thumped Nebraska, but Nebraska stinks. And I know they beat Iowa at Iowa, which is always a good win. But, I mean, I don't know. They just, you, you keep throwing a quarterback out there who, he was awful. I, I almost, I can't believe they let Hornybook play in the fourth quarter. Didn't mean he wouldn't start this weekend's Illinois. But he was shook. He was shook by that defense. And he was so rattled he couldn't complete anything. Is that is Hornibrook alone the reason that this team is not as good as they were supposed to be?
8: No, no. I think that he's getting an undue share of the blame, actually. Cause if, and, and I broke down his games leading into that Iowa game that we called. And, Doug, he, was, he had been very good for them, dating all the way back. Even, he was even pretty good against BYU. He was decent against Ohio State last year in the Big, uh, Big Ten championship game dating all the way back to their game against Michigan, he had played some really good football. So this was more of the aberration. Early in his career, he struggled, and he would have those huge stinkers of a game and this was one of those, and I think that's an alarming thing. More so, I think for them, is that defensively they've been so good for so long, and they're struggling finding two things. One, consistency in the back end. And the second thing, Doug, they rely heavily on their edge rushers and their edge defenders in that odd front. They have to stand up outside linebackers. They've had guys like T.J. Watt and so on and so forth, right. uh, Vince Beagle. Uh, and they don't have that guy anymore this year. They've had some injuries at that position. They don't have great edge setters, and it's really tough to run this defense if you don't have great edge setters and you don't have consistency in the back end. They should get Dakota Dixon back, their safety, this week. The last week in the first half, due to targeting and injury, they had both of their starting safeties that were not on the field against Michigan. So uh, I think some consistency issues as far as roster goes, and then the fact that they don't have those edge rushers is, is what's really contributing to this, but... I, I hear you, but I, I think that Alex is, one, their best option, and, two, I think he gets a little bit of the undue share of, of some of that blame.
5: Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Trader. That's uh, Fox Sports lead college football analyst Joel Klatt. Let's keep in the Big Ten. And you've come out in support of Nick Bosa's decision to leave Ohio State and get ready for the NFL draft. Now, now I, I do think that somehow we're kind of conflating other stories, guys skipping bowl games with this one. Guys giving bowl games because they they don't want to get hurt is different than a guy who actually has been hurt and might not be healthy until uh, the 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 peak time in their season. What's your take on the on the Bosa decision?
3: Yeah, first
8: of all, that's an important distinction that you made there. Very important distinction. Um, a, a few different points I'd like to make. First and foremost, I don't think this is an epidemic. I think that these are, are very isolated incidents that suck, suck up all the air out of the room. And, Doug, we talk about them a lot, whether it's the bowl game scenario or even a scenario like this, which is more unique. So that's one thing. I'd, again, it, it, the reason it's not an epidemic is because there's not many guys like Nick Bosa that have completely solidified their draft stock. So many guys are still trying to improve that draft stock. This dude's got the $30 million ticket. He's a top three pick all day long, probably was a year ago. So, again, very unique set of circumstances. The other thing I'd point to is what you talked about, but also more so, it's such a unique injury. You know, I I think that this injury has been called, you know, abdomen. The thing about it is it's kind of more of a sports hernia. And this surgery that a lot of guys go to the Philadelphia area to get, whether it's pro or college guys, it takes a good two and a half, three months to heal up from that, just to then go out and test to see where you're at. See, this is not a, a, a fractured bone. This is not, a, you know, a sprained ankle where the requisite rest and you're going to be 100%. An abdomen injury is just so much different because you can't test it. You don't know until all of a sudden you try to make an explosive movement and then whoa! All of a sudden you're you're set back two or three weeks. He didn't want that obviously heading into the most valuable time in his life. So I think that's been conflated a little bit. And then also this fact. If if you had, and I made this analogy, and I don't know if it, you know, maybe it's good, maybe it's not. But if you had at home, don't don't your understand your life,
5: analogy, Clat Clat. Don't understand your selling it. I'll tell you if it's not good. Don't worry. Just yeah, go you like, can
8: grade it. I tell you what, okay. you grade it. The textures and Twitter can grade it. Here we go. So if you had your whole life worked to restore a, a beautiful old car, and it was your pride and joy, and you spent hours and hours and months and years tending to this car, you were like cameron's father and ferris bueller's day off and you rubbed mm-hmm. it with a diaper you know it. i mean like you, you, it was everything you i got had it and you knew that all of a sudden in four months someone was going to give you the equivalent of 30 million dollars over four years and and all you had to do was get the car to april and all it had to do was was be functional and and in the condition that you got it to your whole life would you drive it around
5: wow <sighs> Probably not. I. It's it's a good it's a good analogy. It's a it's a it's a really good analogy. Um, it it depends what I got the car for. That, that's that's honest. That's a good, like that's that's what I got. Good point. it's what I got the car and, for and because because there like, is well, a certain.
8: Why would this, this be everybody, Doug? And I'm saying, well, not everybody has that car. Not everyone has. The car where someone guarantees you yes i'm going to give you 30 million over four years the, again that's where this is so unique everybody else is still working on their car so you got to go out and you got to test it you got to race it against other ones all these different things everyone else is still trying to establish the value of that car if someone told you your value is established why yep. would you drive it
9: be-
5: because you get to drive the car <laughs> oh, be like here here's here be what because for example well, you're gonna
8: get to drive it after april
5: uh no, you'll drive a different car. You'll have the money in your pocket to go buy another car. You'll you'll never get to play. Here's what he's turning down. Okay, and I I understand the thing. Um, and just because his brothers, people will say, well, his brother made money, he doesn't need money. No, that's his brother's money. That's not his money. Okay, um, one there's really it, there's very few if any career. Ending injuries anymore. Let's just kind of be honest, well, I mean, right? Daylen like medical science. Tell
8: you that even if you don't end your career, you can cost yourself twenty five million.
5: It's fair. It's, it's 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 a fair point. I mean, those are you're talking about Marcus one Lattimore in a million.
8: Disagree with you?
5: Huh? Well, that was his second time he tore his ACL in in a, in a year. Second time. Well,
8: let's not throw those out like those. Well, I mean, it happens. That's what I'm trying to say. It happens. I
5: mean, it's happened 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 once. Right? He's one. Well, he,
8: yeah, but is not Once, perfectly healthy. Again, w- Willis McGay, he's
5: he Mangehi, leg broke in half in his last college football game. He had a long NFL career, so he can work work the other way. My, my point is, very few, if any, career enders anymore. It could cost him money, but, if, but, but, if but if here's, Bosa, here's what you, if put, you put online.
8: To, to begin with, why would you go out there and, and potentially – Did it hurt worse and affect your value?
5: I understand. And I also think that those games that he'd be coming back and playing, it's not like coming back and playing against Illinois. It's coming back playing against Michigan. It's coming back playing in the Big Ten Championship game. It's coming back playing in the national semifinals and the finals. Like, that's a higher level, and it puts more stress and strain. On the other hand, if you re-injure your hernia, you just have a hernia surgery, you'll be fine. He'll still be a top-five draft pick. But that's not the point. My point is, like, there's still the human element of it. And I I can only tell you that... I want football players that want to play football, and you got a guy who could play for. Now, I, I guess here's here's the issue. I what don't about mind an
8: element of value. I don't mean to interrupt no, you, but that, I, I mean if you average the That's a business FBI element. football program they're taking about 31 million no, dollars No, 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 average, no, you're you're, you're, absolutely you're doing the
5: you're doing the Well, you're doing the you're doing the thing. You're doing that thing to where you're you're taking an argument and changing it into a completely different argument about what you I, want, want to be about which is about paying players. Remember these kids these kids are put into a different
8: a, a different scenario where they are there's only two skills, Doug, that you in America, as a young man, cannot monetize for some arbitrary reason. Now, I'm talking about skills, not degrees. The ability to play basketball, the ability to play football. Artificially, you are held from monetizing those two, those two skills artificially. Okay, so I don't first, want to blame a kid if he takes his own future into his own hands and says, Listen, I don't want to play a few exhibition games late if I've already established my value and someone's going to hand me $30 million over four years. That's... To me, that's that totally makes sense. And quite frankly, I don't think he owes Ohio State anything. If I was Ohio State, I would say thank you so much because we just essentially got got you for zero. We we didn't have to pay you a dime, and we got you. You got to increase our value. We got to ride your back for a while. Hold on, hold on, Joel, Joel,
5: Joel, Nick Bosa did not increase Ohio State's value one iota. There's not one less ticket. There's not one. There's there's not one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not true.
8: Oh, this is absolutely true. You get a bunch of one-star kids, and they're a, a, a zero-win football team. They've got the same value. You, you, you think that wins don't matter? You wait, think wait, 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 wait. Have they, have they lost? Have they matter? lost? You think Duke going out there and losing hold, every hold, game is going to establish the same wait, value? Wait, wait, wait. wait so hold hold on a second. Again,
5: again, you're changing the argument. He is, he is not playing. He's not going to play for Ohio State ever again, correct? Correct. Is there one less person that's going to watch Ohio State play? No, but is again, there one less been person built that's going to go to a game? Is there and one less person that's going to go to a game? That's
8: been built, all I'm saying is that if you take him and others like him away, Ohio State's not what it is.
5: Uh, but listen, bet We go round and round. My point is this. You're basically you only get, you're, you're you're, only get you're, one you're, more. You're taking the most skilled framer from the construction
8: yard and you're saying like at the end of the job once he's framed the entire high, house now no, he's you're you're, still on, you're, house. you're also well, making this you you're also making this a college football argument.
5: You're making it a college football argument. The NFL says, we don't want you for three years. We don't want you for three yeah, years. But these kids don't have a, a, a seat at that table. You have to understand, that's a CBA-negotiated thing
8: in right. which they're not uh, able to negotiate at that table. Veterans Correct. in the NFL, why would they want young kids around? Okay, but again, you're making, this, you're making this about, about what was you're, you're about about me, college
5: football. It's collusion, and it's
8: illegal, no, and, it's and not. we go not. along with it. It's, and not, I'm collusion. Gonna it's not collusion, and it's a lot
5: it is not collusion, it's not illegal. It is collectively bargained oh, based wrong. upon for the union and the owners. You're wrong. You're wrong. I, I, it has nothing, I, I'm not wrong because if it and was the collusion. are artificially holding people that aren't party to those negotiations out of the negotiations. That's collusion. No, it's, if it was collusion, somebody would have gone to court and sued and won by now. And it hasn't been because this is the system that's been set up. I, uh, and listen, my point is simply this. You get one more like dude you want to tell me that hey I, I I would be okay is if we got to the middle of November and he's like this it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be able to do it. I want to play against Michigan. But pulling the rip cord now tells me that it's a business decision, which is fine but don't tell me that you love football that you want to play football that you love your time you're a captain at ohio state oh, you got a cha- oh, you got a chance to finish undefeated right you got right a chance to finish undefeated, undefeated. the
8: little card out there every time a coach leaves for a higher salary Oh, when, a coach,
5: when a coach leaves for a higher salary, he's leaving a contract. When a player's leaving, we're okay with him leaving a contract to sign to play a for a year for Ohio State? The scholarship
8: is a contract. It is a contract, and he, he no contract. and he violated the
5: contract. And he violated the contract. Wait, if, if you have a deal, if ESPN comes in and says, hey, we're going to give you $10 million, 10, and you're going to place Herbie next year, but in order to do so, you've got to walk. Okay? you got to walk from Fox. You can't do any games the rest of the year. How's that going to go over? Where's the <laughs> Fox door? Fox is going to shut you down so you can't ever be on broadcast TV for the next five or six years because that's what the contract says. That's the power that they have. But the media, we take the stance but like, the oh, good walk. for Nick don't Bosa. He violated a contract, can, but it's cool. We can
8: pay ourselves. Don't worry. All, all the millions of dollars, we'll pay all the coaches and the administrators and the commissioners are going to pay themselves millions of dollars. But heaven forbid. Nick Bose actually takes his own future into his own hands after establishing his own value. You My establish
5: goodness. your value based upon what you do in college. And then after college, you go out and you become a professional. That's what happens in hundreds of professions across the country. Uh, Joel, oh, Clark, I joining totally is,
8: disagree. Again, name another skill that you cannot monetize until some arbitrary time set up um,
2: being a doctor being a doctor being a doctor being a lawyer a
5: totally different thing a doctor no, 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 a you, you just said name a profession I named two <laughs> no 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 I didn't say profession I did not say in profession. order to be a I teacher you have to have a you have to have a teaching degree and a teaching certificate that's a degree I said skill Th- that is that's how they judge your skill no, you it's have, not. yes it is how oh. else can they tell whether or not you have the skills to be a teacher it is I, that is, is, is totally it arbitrary? False. Sure. Huh? That,
8: is, that is totally false. A degree is not a skill. It's a okay. requisite amount of knowledge. A skill set is a skill set, period. If you're a cellist or a violinist or whatever, you can go monetize oh it at God.
5: any time. Oh, my God. Because because because
8: at any time, as soon as your skill set is that that it's good enough to earn a living with it. You can do that except for basketball and football, because we want those administrators to get their claws in you until they can squeeze all that value out. Oh, amid- Why do you make administ- Why we'll it? Why is go get into a contract?
5: Why is it necessary you make administrators who have earned their doctorates, who support their schools, make a couple hundred thousand dollars into the worst human beings on Earth? I mean, it just um, really, I don't... Jack
8: Swarbrick making $3 million is a couple hundred thousand. Well, really? that, that, the, that, the AD that... at Northwestern making one and a half million dollars. That's just a couple hundred thousand.
5: But, but one and a half million dollars okay. for a guy, one and a half million dollars for a guy who's been for, working for 20 years in the business is not actually that much money compared to what he can make in the private sector.
8: Okay. Then go to the private sector.
5: Uh, Joel clad, joining us in the Doug Goddard. show. last thing, NC state taking on Clemson, I'm going to get the chance to go to this game. <laughs> I've never gone. I do want to, I do want to ask you, um, the kid at NC State is supposed to be a first-round draft pick as a quarterback, right? He yeah, comes Bentley, back, I think he's,
8: yeah. He's, he's underperforming so far. As that's the word I'm getting. I haven't had a chance to study him, Doug, but and I will after the year. But from from the conversations I've had with a few scouts and even a couple of GMs, they're saying that he has he has underdelivered so far. Uh, and it's not just production or wins and losses, remember. It's a very different evaluation. Meanwhile, the kid up at Oregon, he's the one that's over, over-delivering. People are saying that his stock is going through the roof. But if you, you're asking about that game in particular, I just don't buy that NC State is good enough. Remember, Clemson's coming off of a buy. Mm-hmm. The last time they played, they won 63-3, to and their quarterback is a young kid that is going to get better and better every time he goes out because that's what happens with young kids that are getting more and more reps. So Trevor Lawrence is a guy that I fully expect to continue to get better. And that defensive front four for Clemson is so good. They're one of the nation's leaders in sacks, tackles for loss. I, I just I don't see a way in which the pack is able to, to compete with Clemson.
5: I, I will point out that they won in overtime two years ago, same field, and they won by yeah. seven last year at NC State. NC State traditionally has played them very, very close, especially with this. They, they with have.
0: This
8: I, I think the the one thing that I'm concerned with is that Generally, when Clemson has struggled in the past, the Syracuse games notwithstanding, it's, it's been because of dominant defensive lines. And all those guys now are in the NFL. We've seen you know, what Bradley Chubb has been able to do with the Denver Broncos. But you're right. that Historically, NC State has played well. I, I don't see it this year, but I might be wrong.
5: Joel, great stuff. Good duel. Enjoy uh, safe travels to um, East Lansing and look forward to hearing you call. Give me
8: name and likeness. I mean, the universities don't have to pay. Just give them their name and likeness back.
5: It's not actually valuable. It's, just
3: hey. not,
5: it's not actually valuable. I hate to hate to break it to you. Johnny Manziel's been gone from Texas A&M for years. They haven't sold one less seat, one less jersey. Haven't been on TV any less. Just it's kind of a. It's it's actually actually colleges.
8: Which by right, the co- way, Manzelo at the height of his name and likeness value was prevented from getting it. So now No he wasn't. He no, he, he wasn't go he, back, got, he, he got the Heisman. Go back to that value.
5: He got the He got the Heisman which which he can profit on for the rest of his life. Okay. Value values in that in that brand. Joel Klatt, the value's in Joel Klatt's brand. He happens to work for Fox. They they gain all the benefits of, of having Joel on there. I'm kidding. Joel, great stuff, dude. We'll good talk dog. to you
8: later. Have a good one, brother.
5: <laughs> uh, the fight continues offline. I'm kidding. Kyle, and, uh, let's get to Dan Byer. Dan, what do you got? got was that this. entertaining or terrible?
4: It was great. It was great. There's was, it was a stuff. pause there. <laughs> uh, you both made really good points. It was It was a good back and forth. I do agree with Joel probably on the likeness part at the end, but it was uh, it was good back and forth. The problem with
5: the likeness part is they're not there's no real equated value to it, which I but and it just becomes pay for play, right? You just you're like, well, it's a likeness. It just becomes pay for play. I mean, if you go, anybody can pay for your likeness, then people just give you money just because it's pay for play.
4: I think if you could set up at an auto dealership um, for an hour and sign autographs and get whatever you want. Per autograph or helmet or whatever it is, then whatever. You know, go for it.
5: But I you're done. You can do it anytime you want. Yeah. And if you have real value,
4: if you really have value, it'll be there for you. The Arizona Cardinals have got some news surrounding that team last night the loss of the Broncos thir- uh, 45 to 10 it was by 35 points today they fired offensive coordinator Mike McCoy naming quarterbacks coach Byron Leftwich as his replace and now there's more Cardinals news rookie quarterback Josh Rosen has a sprained big toe on his left foot he is expected to start week eight against the San Francisco 49ers big trade in the NFL today Brown sent running back Carlos Hyde to Jacksonville for a fifth round pick Jacksonville going to be without Leonard Fournette again this week against the Texans. TJ Yeldon expected to start that game. NFL Network says Raiders running back Marshawn Lynch could miss a month or more with a groin injury and could be headed to injured reserve. The Nashville Predators take on the Calgary Flames at 9 o'clock Eastern time in tonight's Discover Card Key Matchup. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply. And of course, game six of the NLCS, Dodgers up on The Brewers 3-2, but Game 6 tonight in Milwaukee. Hunter Rio against Wade Miley. You'll see it on Fox Sports 1 at 839 Eastern Time. Doug? Thanks so much, Dan. Doug
5: Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Colin Cowherd thinks Vaughn Miller is ahead of the curve. Find out why next.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m.
5: Pacific. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I, um, mm-hmm. Doug Gottlieb Show brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you every day at this time. We'd like to play for you a portion of a previous show, Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports One. We call it. Colin Goward had this to say about Von Miller against the Cardinals last night.
6: I noticed the first or second best pass rusher in the NFL, Von Miller, going for a strip sack. Did it twice. By the way, Von Miller bulldozed a 300-pound offensive lineman. He could have been violent on Josh Rosen, but he chose to strip sack. By the way, that was one of Lawrence Taylor's specialties, the greatest defensive player of all time. Folks, declining people always complain about new stuff, new rules, new legislation. Talented people adjust and use it as an advantage. Years ago, Mike Krzyzewski almost went old crotchety man. He's the coach at Duke. The one-and-done came out, and Mike Krzyzewski fought it for two years. Hey, I don't like this new change among the kids. And then Mike Krzyzewski went, wait, I'm smart, not an old meathead. And Coach K shifted, and now they have the best one-and-done system in the country. I'm just going to throw this at you. Of the top defensive players in this league, J.J. Watt, Vaughn Miller, Fletcher Cox, and Khalil Mack, those are the four best pass rushers in the National Football League. None of them have a roughing penalty. None of them.
5: Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I would also point out that Von Miller is the reason, one of the big reasons that Khalil Mag is in Chicago, not in Oakland. What happened at the Super Bowl? Von Miller got paid. Malik Jackson had to go to, to Jacksonville. And the beginning of the end of that dynamic front seven, was no more. Yeah, they overpaid Demarius Thomas and others. But but the point is that Von Miller was the highest paid at his position at a spot which if you're the highest paid, oftentimes you're not going to be able to field a great defense around you. So yeah, Von Miller ahead of the curve. And uh if you're going to try and find uh if you're going to try and find a big-time uh a big-time quarterback, you can't spend it all on a defensive end and that's really what's that's really what's happened with the Denver Broncos. Ah!
2: What does the fox say?
5: Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. I like when people hear what they want to hear. Right, Brian Salmond, who uh, is a main sports anchor for KSNV in Las Vegas, Channel 3 in Las Vegas. He's an OG Hooper. Anyway, he tweeted out, I love Joel Klatt. He really tried to learn... To learn Doug Gottlieb something about Bosa leaving school to get paid. Great debate on radio. Doug was way off base with his take. Joel was spot on. Look, you come in with a predetermined bias that you think guys should get paid. Here's all you need to know. Okay, This is the actual facts about it. Of the people that attend a college football game or watch a college football game on TV, 90% or so have some affiliation either where they grew up, who they rooted for, with the the team, with the school. Maybe it's not that high. Maybe it's 75%. The other 24% is with the coach, right? And you happen to learn about the players along the way. It doesn't mean that Joey Bosa doesn't have value. You establish your value based upon what you do in college. That's the way it works for every student. Your first job out of school, if you graduate as valedictorian, you get a better job than some dude that got C's for degrees. Generally, correct? course and if you're the best college football player at ohio state you end up getting a better better job than anybody else but the idea that people watch college football go to college football games because of the individual players is a joke go to a college football game all those people go there because it's michigan or it's oregon or it's ohio state because that's what they do that's their team that's their coach and they learn about the players LeBron did something he's never done before, and he's going to keep doing it. Next on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: What up? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. (laughs) Do, 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 do. Man, what an absolutely great sports weekend we have. Great sports weekend. Dodgers-Brewers tonight on Fox Sports 1. Hung Jin Ryu going against Wade Miley. Wade Miley's going to throw at least five pitches, right? Five pitches. Five pitches, and I'm out. Where do I get that job? How do I get? I have so many other jobs. That's when I feel like I can work into my schedule. How about you, Ramos? You good for five pitches tonight? For, for uh, Jin Ryu? Yeah, uh, no. For a Wade Miley, Wade Miley oh, threw yeah. five pitches in in game uh, yeah. game five. I'm just wondering, like, if somebody yeah. goes like, "Hey, can you <laughs> give us five strong pitches tonight?" You're like, "Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, that one I can do." Uh, there's a lot of things in professional sports. Now that I have hit 40, that I I can't do that one. I could do now. It doesn't mean I mean I could throw. I'd throw four balls, maybe try and sneak one strike by them. Right. Hopefully they don't hit it to the moon. That one I could do. I could I I could do that. I could do that. We got. Uh, Big-time college football. We've mentioned Michigan and Michigan State. That's a biggin'. That one is on Big Fox. A game I'll be attending. NC State Clemson. You can check out uh, my show on Stadium, which will be on Facebook and on Twitch and on Twitter as well. Uh, Mississippi State taking on LSU. LSU debuting some new helmets, which I'm told is a big thing with the kids. And a lot of Ohio State fans very nervous about going into Purdue, right? Purdue's one of those teams, and Purdue's won three in a row. Seem to have figured some things out. So it's a big college football, and then you got the NFL this weekend. But let's all react to what we saw last night. Finally, a true debut for LeBron James wearing Laker blue and gold. And they go and take an L at the hands of the Portland Trailblazers. The Trailblazers obviously had a surprising second half of the season last year before a disappointing playoff uh, series more than run. And they get eliminated by the playoff, from the playoffs by the Golden State Warriors, I believe, in the second round. And when they get beat by the Golden State Warriors, the Warriors did not have, I think they didn't have Steph Curry for part of it, right? Anyway, um, Portland beats them. Lakers miss their first 15 threes. Don't make a three until late in the third quarter. They struggle shooting the basketball. But but there, there was something that I I saw when I'm watching LeBron James. I felt like, he is taking ownership for what this team ultimately will become. It's not that it's not that he didn't he wasn't playing a huge part on the previous teams he was on, but so oftentimes he was passive aggressive. You know, Pat Riley ran the Miami Heat. And when he was in Cleveland, he was passive aggressive about coaches, about front office moves, and about ownership moves. He's been not passive, just aggressive. Take a list of what he said to his teammates. Okay, or don't, um, he, 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 he talked to them about when a, when one guy falls down, stay there and wait for your brothers to come pick you up. He, he wants the image and likeness of this team to be the one that he wants to create. He wants to shape. And I don't know ultimately if he ends up in a championship, but I think that's part of what he's doing at this point in his career. He's not checked out of basketball. He's doubly checked in. He's just trying to shape it the way that he dreams it of ultimately being. Let's bring in Chris Broussard, who you can hear on The Odd Couple. That show starts at 7 o'clock Eastern time every night, along with crazy uncle Rob Parker. Of course, you see him on Fox Sports 1 as well. He saw him on Undisputed uh, earlier in the week. Chris, what was your reaction to watching the Lakers play in Portland last night?
1: I tell you what, uh, Doug, early I was – You know, the Lakers obviously played well in the first half, but I was astounded at the pace. Uh, And and my feeling was, I can't remember the last time I saw an NBA team play at this pace and get, you know, getting this many layups, breakaways, layups, dunks, whatever it might be, points in the paint. And the numbers bear that out. Their pace last night, um, they had, well, they had 34 fast break points. And last year they were second in the league in fast break points, which was good. And they averaged seventeen, so they doubled their average last year from last year. And Golden State led the league in fast break points last year at nineteen a game. Their pace was one thirteen. The Lakers last night. They ranked that last year. New Orleans led the league in pace at one oh one, and the Lakers had seventy points in the paint. Last year, New Orleans had the biggest uh, – they had the most points in the paint in one game, and it was 68. So I'm just saying that to give perspective to how fast they were playing in the first half. And, Doug, my, while it was good, obviously, my thought was they can't keep this up. You don't see NBA teams play like that. And I, I especially felt that way about LeBron, Because obviously all his teams have played at a slow pace, like middle of the league in terms of pace. And then the fact that he's 33, going to be 34 in December, and he's in his 16th year, I didn't think he'd be able to keep that up. And sure enough, in the second half, he either dialed it back or he didn't look fatigued, but maybe he was, maybe his jump shot, that hurt his jump shooting. But whatever the case, they couldn't keep it up in the second half and they lost. Um so that was really my my biggest thought. Obviously they didn't shoot it well. That wasn't a surprise. They they don't have to be a great three-point shooting team to have some success, but you have to hit a some a decent number of threes. They hit 7. Last year they were a bad three-point shooting team and averaged 10 a game. So they're going to have to hit and they still may. I mean, they're not going to go 0 for 15 most nights. Uh, But they're going to have to hit about nine to ten three-pointers a night uh, to be a decent team. But those are some of my many observations from last night. I like that LeBron was off the ball. But I got to admit, and I I don't mind, obviously you want him on the perimeter at times. You want him handling the ball at times because he's so great at that. But when he's not on the ball and when, like, Rondo has it or whoever. I want to see LeBron a little more involved, like on the block, on the elbow, maybe moving rather than just standing out kind of at the top, you know, at top of the free throw, three-point line, on the wing, just kind of watching. Yeah. So I want to get – you know what I mean? And he's done that his whole career, but it's a different situation.
5: Well, I I do think that the reason they're going to try and play with pace is because if you look at the Lakers' roster, just – if you're a neutral party and you go like, Well, you know, I don't love the starters against, you know, the Warriors or right. maybe even the Thunder or the Rockets. But then when you compare benches, if your bench includes a Lance Stevenson, if your bench includes I think ultimately it'll be a Contavious Caldwell Pope, or maybe it's a Josh Hart, right? If your bench includes I, a lot. I'm with lo- you,
1: Doug. I'm with like I think they should like, I think that's smart to play that way and it's good to play that way, but can you can you play that way over eighty two games
5: if you are if with, you're with if committed if you're committed to playing your bench you can't if you're committed truly committed to playing lebron less minutes you can um absolutely
1: if they can do it that's great It, it almost reminds me of like a full court press you know which you don't see in the n b a but um i they're deep they're among the most deepest deepest teams in the league. And you're right. They got the young guys, the fresh legs. LeBron can't play at that pace for 82 games. I, I there's the no way I believe that he can. Um, but you got all these youngsters, and if they can do it, that would be huge for the Lakers because most of their problems, would, and their struggles and challenges will come in the half court. And so I, I'm with it. I, I think it's great if they can get out there and do that. But think about it. When's the last time you saw an NBA team? Be able to just run like no, that. No, I mean
5: the, the member Paul West Paul Westhead tried to do it with the Denver Nuggets. Rick Pitino tried to do it with the New York Knicks. Right, right, um, right way and, back. And, yeah, and and uh-huh. we'll 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 see if it if it ultimately works. Did you feel do you feel like though that this is it's do you feel like he's invested in it because there are a lot of people like well he's more invested in the movies and TV than he is in being a Laker and winning a championship. What's your thoughts on his, on his level of investment?
1: I do think he's invested. I think this is just such a different thing for him because, let's face it, since I, I would say since 2007 when he first went to the finals, every year since then the expectation has been finals or bust. When, and that's not the case this year. So I think that's where some people are saying, is he really invested? Because he's still arguably the best player in the world. And he's, he he willingly went to a situation where, at least for this year, you know they're not winning the championship, which I think is somewhat of a relief for him, um, And which is why I think he'll probably be more focused on this regular season than he has been in the past few years. Because, you know, in Cleveland it was obviously about June every year. Who cared what the record was and what the seeding was? Now I think he's going to really be a little bit more invested in the regular season. I do think he wants the MVP award, uh, and they're going to have to win a lot of games for him to be able to get that. But, yeah, I think he's definitely invested uh, in this regular season, in this team. Uh,
5: Okay, so how good do you think ultimately they'll be?
1: You know, I've I've made a prediction, which is probably high as far as the number of wins. I've said 53 wins. Again, because I really believe LeBron wants to match Michael Jordan with his fifth MVP. I think he feels like some of these previous years he could have won it, and he really wasn't even that strongly considered. Uh, obviously, he'd be in his 16th year winning it, which is later than anyone else in their career. Carl Malone was in his 14th year. That's the latest. Um, but to do that, they're going to, you know, like only one time since 1982. Has a player, won MVP without winning at least 50 games. And that was Russell Westbrook just because he averaged a triple-double. So that's one reason I've said 53. That looks a little high to me right now for sure because they'll probably get out to a slow start. But, you know, I think they can certainly fight for home court advantage in the West in the first round of the playoffs.
5: Chris, great stuff. Can't wait to hear you on the show tonight. That's The Odd Couple. It's 7 o'clock Eastern time. Four o'clock Pacific, every night, Broussard and crazy uncle Rob Parker. Man, that's, that's hazard pay for you. Talk to you soon. That's
9: man. right, right. <laughs> I'll, I'll
5: talk to you soon, Brew.
1: Hi, right, Doug. Later.
5: Thanks, Chris Broussard, joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, I was on the sidelines for uh, that Wild Bears-Dolphins game, and I was actually just asked a question by a reporter. Like, who is a guy that stood out? Albert um, Albert Wilson. <laughs> Albert Wilson stood out. Once the Dolphins figured out, like, hey, let's get the ball to Albert Wilson, all of a sudden they had an offense. He'll join the show, and we'll ask him when he knew about Tannehill and what it's really like to play with Brock Osweiler in Brocktober. That's upcoming next, but first. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and your favorite uh, sporting events. You can take aside the total or you can even bet the over-under and how many fantasy points a player will score. MyBoogie.net lets you play online and win big. Use promo code Gottlieb when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Game already kick off? Game already tip off? First pitch already happened. Don't worry about it. MyBoogie.net has it covered. They have in-game live action on every major sporting event, even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBoogie.net than right now. Go to my bookie.net, open an account, type in the promo code Gottlieb, G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B, and you automatically get a 100% sign-up bonus. Get in on the action. Visit mybookie.net's website, type in that promo code Gottlieb. Promo code Gottlieb, 100% sign-up bonus. No, do- no deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. For entertainment purposes only, void where prohibited.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the Radio app.
5: Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Mm-hmm. 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 Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. do, 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 do. Um yeah, I was blown away by Albert Wilson. Uh frankly, so so were the Chicago Bears. Uh he ran rough shot over the Bears and what was really the uh the upset of last weekend was the Miami Dolphins winning in overtime. Really felt like they beat the Bears twice, right? Got down to the goal line, fumbled the goal line, Miami uh the Bears come back. Uh, Cody Parkey, a former Former Dolphin, misses a field goal. Dolphins get the ball back, kick a field goal, and win. Uh, but really impressed by the speed and elusiveness of Albert Wilson, who's from uh, Fort Pierce. Oh, actually, I think from Port St. Lucie, Florida. And returning back home to play for the Finns, he joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You know, Albert, was with, with so many guys that are from Florida playing in the NFL, Mike Bears had 10 and I thought it was like half Bears fans, half dolphins fan. That game was that game was a zoo, man. There was the crowd was great. I know you only been there for a couple home starts. Are they all like that or was was last Sunday special?
9: Uh um it was it was pretty special. Um the Bears definitely did a good job of traveling to, you know, even out the the crowd. Um, but you know, um the fans showed up and um it, it was pretty cool man it was it was really back and forth it was a really roller coaster game and i'm glad we really got to pull it off what
5: what's it what's it like for you to be back in the state of florida now playing professional football
9: oh uh, man you know growing up at Fort pierce man it's it's pretty awesome um you know watching these guys on tv you know all the time um, and now being back and you know playing in front of my my family and my friends you know almost every Sunday it, it's really it's really awesome.
5: Albert Wilson joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. When did you find out that Brock was going to get the start?
9: Um, you know earlier that day. You know coming in um, they was going to give Ryan a shot to um, see how he felt and um he he didn't he didn't feel so good so um you know we went with Brock. You know, Brock played a great game. Um, you know, we we got a lot of confidence in Brock. Brock knows the offense just as well as anybody. So um, we was really comfortable going with Brock. It,
5: it, it seemed like, you know, the first half it was, hey, let's run the ball on first down. Let's get rid of it quick. Uh, let's not put ourselves in disadvantageous advantageous situations. But you guys, you know, the Bears scored quickly twice in the second half. And things seemed to change and they got you the ball more. What changed offensively that allowed you to explode?
9: Um, you know, um the the one play, you know, they they got to zero and um we we went to the slip screen which, you know, um was a good call versus it zero coverage. And um I had a, I had some guys out making great blocks and I was able to, you know, get loose and get in the end zone. In the what's lab, that like, but,
5: you know? What's what's that, what's that like though? Because like when when we're watching a slip screen, it almost feels like in the NFL like those work in college, but in the pros they almost never work. What's it like to catch it and then all of a sudden you break free? Like I've done it in little in peewee football, but in the NFL uh-huh. running 75 yards against a team some people consider the best defense in the league and you're <laughs> in the end zone. What's that like?
9: I um, man, it's great, man, but it's definitely all, all man, I had great blocks on both of those plays. But um, it felt good, man. It was definitely some plays that we needed to get going to put us into the game. So it was, it was definitely a good feeling.
5: When you're running, do you say great block or do you wait until you get back to the sideline?
9: Uh, definitely, I wait until till I get back to the sideline. But it definitely, you know, running behind those guys makes it a lot easier.
5: Albert Wilson joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Um, okay. You guys get the ball in, in overtime and you get, you get in their territory and all of a sudden Frank starts taking over. Right. And, uh, and then Frank gets stopped at like what felt like the one foot line. I'm there kind of next to your sideline. I'm watching like you call a call timeout. I thought they were going to get the ball to Frank again. Instead, uh, you know, Gase makes a decision. And says, "All right, well, let's let's give it to, um, let's give it to Kenyon Drake." He fumbles right at the goal line, and he fumbled making a great play. Right, like he tried to make a little cut. Right. He's going in the end zone, and they grab the ball and rip it out. Uh, did you say anything to him? I know Brock said he said something to him. Did you say anything to Kenyon?
9: Yeah, I definitely came back to him and told him that um, we was gonna need him. Um, I told him the defense was gonna get us the ball back, and you know, he he definitely makes more great plays than. In bad plays, so I, I told him to pick his head up. Um, we were going to need him. His driving for sure. We we definitely need him. We we got right back behind him, gave him the ball a couple times, and he you know he put us in a good position to win. You the know game. what's
5: you know what, what's interesting is I, I I was observing and all those guys coming up to him and and saying something to him, and there's been a lot talked about the culture of this team. For example, like you know first half you weren't getting the ball. There was no it didn't seem to be any guys throwing up their arms and complaining. How has it been that? Through the up the start of the season and then the little downswell, and then this game, you know beating the cowboys, how have you guys managed to not have any of the the nonsense that at times goes on on sidelines in the n f l
9: um I figure you know those two downfalls we had, man, it was we we know exactly what we need to do to to fix that, so you know when you go in and you know what you got to do to fix it it's not you know it's not that much to complain about, it's just you know do your job and, and win the football game. Um, but you know we we know how good the offense is. We know how how much coach spread the ball around, and we know that it can be anybody day, any 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 Sunday. So we just continue to play hard, man, and play for each other.
5: Who's faster, you or Jaqueem?
9: Um, I believe I got the fastest touchdown right now. With, um, let him tell it. He's he's the fastest.
5: <laughs> yeah, I, I think he thinks he's the fastest, but you said you had the, had the fastest. Well, listen, congrats on the big win and the outstanding performance. I know you got the Lions coming in Sunday. It'll be hot. It'll be crowded. It'll be crazy. Uh, we hope you come out with the dub. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, that's Albert Wilson joining us uh, from the Miami Dolphins. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we'll get to my picks in a moment, but first, let's get you to Dan Byer.
4: What do you got, Dan? Game six of the NLCS is tonight in Milwaukee. Brewers and Dodgers. First pitch, 8.39 Eastern time. L.A. up 3-2 in the series. And Ryu takes on Wade Miley. Bunch of news from the NFL today. The Browns traded running back Carlos Hyde to Jacksonville for a fifth-round pick. Jaguars having some issues at running back with injuries. Leonard Fournette out again against the Texans because of his hamstring injury. T.J. Yeldon's going to get the start against Houston, but he's also dealing with his own injuries. The NFL Network says that Raiders running back Marshawn Lynch could miss more than a month because of a groin injury and may be headed for injured reserve. Fallout from last night's 45-10 loss to the Denver Broncos. The Arizona Cardinals today fired offensive coordinator Mike McCoy. The name quarterback's coach Byron Leftwich as his replacement. As for rookie quarterback Josh Rosen, who suffered a foot injury late in last night's game, well, he has a sprained big toe on his left foot. Head coach Steve Wilkes says that Rosen should start week eight against the San Francisco 49ers. The Nashville Predators take out the Calgary Flames at 9 o'clock Eastern time in tonight's Discover Card key matchup. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com match limitations apply. Andre Iguodala out for the Warriors tonight against the Jazz because of a strained calf while the Thunder may have Russell Westbrook tonight. His status for the matchup against the Clippers still up in the air as he returns from off-season knee surgery. did go through a workout today. They just want to see how that knee responds after the workout so we could see Russell Westbrook back in action tonight against the Clips, Doug.
5: Hmm, Russell Westbrook could be back in action against the Clips. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. You want winners? I got winners for you.
3: I want winners. Well, we got them. Five NFL, five college. Five on three. One, two, three. It's five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Let's
1: go, five.
5: We've had a good year so far. Good year so far. Uh, College picks 16-9, NFL picks 14-11, and we're not counting. Apparently, Ryan Music chooses to not count when I correctly pick Monday night football games or Thursday night football games. Uh, this is just on the five for five that we pick on Fridays. I'm well above 500 there for the year. 30 and 20 overall, college and pro combined. That's in the money. You're one over, you're in the money. That even pays the big word. Ten over as of now. Let's Let's get after it. Let's start with some college picks, shall we? Like to pick the big games if we can. Michigan taking on Michigan State. Now, look, Michigan, I know they beat Northwestern, a team that upended Michigan State on the road, but remember, they were down... 14 uh, nothing. I think 17 nothing. even to start against Northwestern. And the score against Wisconsin, not really indicative. But I do think that this Michigan team is better than Michigan State. And I know Michigan State played great against Penn State last week. But it's hard to dial that back up. Really hard to dial that back up. Um, Lewerke statistically has been good for Michigan State at times. But the seven interceptions and sack 14 times, I know the, the offensive line was patchwork. I just I struggle to see Michigan State beating or even keeping that close to Michigan. It means a ton to Michigan to finally beat Michigan State, considering Jim Harbaugh's record against Michigan State. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay that seven points and still take Michigan on the road. Um sticking in the Big Ten. Illinois is a bad football team, They're just not good. Last week, they got taken to the woodshed by Rutgers. They they gave up 46, to, I mean, excuse me, the only Big Ten win they have is over Rutgers. The only other wins they have are on, over Kent State and Western Illinois. Gave up 63 to Penn State and 46 to Purdue. As bad as Wisconsin was last week, I think they'll be that good this week. Alex Hornbrook and Jonathan Taylor will get loose, finding A.J. Taylor as well down the field. The line is 25. It could be 35. I would still take Wisconsin. I just feel like coming off a pummeling, and embarrassing performance, you turn around and you wallop Illinois. You give me the favorite there, too. All right, I got some dogs for you. NC State taking on Clemson. I know Clemson on paper looks dominant, and they may be. But the last two times they matched up with NC State, NC State has kept it to win within a touchdown. As a matter of fact, two years ago on this very same field with Deshaun Watson as quarterback, Could have lost NC State in regulation had they been able to make a field goal and they still needed overtime to win by six or seven, whatever. So, I think NC State with Ryan Finley, a talented quarterback who has not played great, I think NC State keeps it at least close to Clemson who's still trying to figure out their offense. I'll give you that dog as uh, NC State. South Florida is undefeated. Undefeated on the season. Got to feel good for Charlie. Now, they just survived Tulsa. They just survived UMass. They did beat Georgia Tech and Illinois, but surviving games. They take on UConn. And here's the thing with UConn. I kind of think you got to do go until further notice. You take the other team, no matter what the point spread is. right? UConn against Division I teams lost 56-17, 62-7, 51-21, 49-7, and 55-14. So with that in mind, 32 and a half points, I'm going to take South Florida to cover the 32 and a half points. What the hell, right? What the hell? All right, give me a couple others. Um, Purdue at home against Ohio State. This is a Purdue team. Could have beat Northwestern early. Upset by Eastern Michigan. Close loss to Missouri, but they've gotten together. They beat Boston College. They beat Nebraska on the road. They walloped Illinois, and I think they're really, really well coached. Uh, it's a team that statistically can run the football and shorten the game with DJ Knox. At quarterback, Dave, David Blaw has been good. Blaw has been good with uh, 10 touchdowns, only two interceptions. It just feels like a game that will be super, super close. And with an 11-point spread, I'm going to take the home dog. The home dog and the Purdue Boilermakers. There are your five college Football picks. Let's go to the National Football League, shall we? I told you the Chargers are the real deal. Titans have massive offensive line issues. The game is going to be played in London, and though it's a super early start time. 6.30 on the West Coast and the Chargers didn't go out there until yesterday. Doesn't seem to matter to me. Chargers won at 10 a.m. West Coast time and Cleveland played their best football game of the year. They seem to be figuring it out and They didn't miss any field goals or extra points. Six and a half points. I can take the Chargers by a touchdown. Thank you very much. Uh, This one strikes me as weird. Bears taking on the Patriots. The Patriots are a three-point favorite. Now, Cleo Mack hampered by an ankle injury. And that could help because the Patriots are also missing one of their starting offensive tackles. The quick game. The no huddle. The ability to tire out that Bears defense and keep them on the field with Sonny Michelle, I like the Patriots to win. I like the Patriots to cover. The Ravens are at home against the New Orleans Saints. Saints are a really good team when they play in the Dome. They only play out of the Dome five times this year. They did beat the New York Giants out of the Dome. The Ravens have only played two home games and they're a much better team. They beat the Bills 47-3. They beat the Broncos 27-14. I believe they will beat the uh, New Orleans Saints at home. And if it's by two and a half, that means a field goal. They have the best field goal kicker in the National Football League in Justin Turner, Justin Tucker. I'm going to take Justin Turner in place for the Dodgers. They had him, they would be pretty good as well at third base. I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens to win, the Baltimore Ravens to cover. Um, like the Dallas Cowboys on the road against the Washington Redskins Cowboys coming in feeling good they add Sean Lee back to one point dogs seem to have figured out this thing and I think the Redskins are just okay that's why they're 3-2 3-2 against 3-3 three three, rivalry game Cowboys have been a good road team under Jason Garrett I'll take the Cowboys to win and since they're a one point dog you can take them straight up we just talked with Albert Wilson of the Dolphins. I think people think Brock Goswiler is going to come back down to earth. <clears throat> I think this is earth. I think he's really comfortable in that system. I think it's really hot, especially for a dome team. How about the Dolphins? This is a weird schedule thing. They got the Bears off a of bye and they won that game. They get the, the Lions off a of bye. But one of the things that happened with the Bears coming off a of bye was they were stale. They just were. They were not sharp in the first half of the game. I think that'll be enough for the the Dolphins, and the Dolphins get three points, so they don't have to win. They can simply lose by one or two. I think the Dolphins straight up win the game. And those are your picks.
3: Five on three. One, two, three. There it is. Five NFL. Let's go, five. Five college. Five for five with Doug Gottlieb.
5: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. A big player missing from a big-time game? We'll tell you who. Next!
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check this out!
5: Vance McDonald joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What's the discussion like in the locker room about Le'Veon now?
0: It's crazy. Like, you would think that there would be a really, like, a lot of chatter and, um there really isn't and not telling a lie or a fib or anything like that it's just it is it's just one of those things that you know it is what it is it's you know it's a business we know that and um, you know I guess I can only speak for me personally I don't hold anything against the guy I, I would welcome him back tomorrow if we had you know scheduled practice and stuff the meetings the facility and I'd ask him how his time was off but You know, it is one of those things that whenever he does decide to come back, you know, we expect him to play and contribute and be the great player that we've all seen. And, you know, that really is, that's just—that's the expectation. But as far as holding grudges and really kind of like what you asked about the locker room, it's kind of almost lighthearted. And I know that there will be some frustrations and such, you know, that are brought forward and we'll deal with them whenever they happen. But it really is, it's very lighthearted around the locker room. Like there's been a couple of like very like lighthearted jabs, you know, just about him. Maybe showing up and then, you know, not showing up. So it and we try to keep it fun and it it's it really is it's like about everything. If you if you allow the problems to build up and become something bigger than what they are. And obviously this is starting the season with Le'Veon Bell and not having Le'Veon Bell, I mean it's very significant. But at the same time it's like you said, you have guys that show up and, and fit in roles like James Conner who are doing absolutely great things.
3: If you missed anything from the Doug Gottlieb Show, you can always podcast by going to foxsportsradio.com. Now, once again, here's Doug Gottlieb.
5: Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. let's uh every day we like to run down all the stories of the day in as quick a a process as possible let's do so let's give Dan Byer plenty of time to spit it all out let's get to the press the press. the press is brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. Dan Byer, what do you got?
4: Doug, we start in the NFL Beyer. with the trade that went down earlier today. The Browns sending running back Carlos Hyde to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a fifth-round pick.
5: Hmm. Interesting. Um, obviously, that allows Chubb to become a bigger part of their offense.
4: Dan, you, you host the fantasy show, does this affect fantasy in any way? Yeah, it does for you know, Duke Johnson actually complained a couple of weeks ago. It was getting a bit frustrated with his touches in the Browns backfield. It opens that up as well. Uh Chubb in his limited action has been huge. He is a a must add, if you will, if he is still available in your league. As for Jacksonville, the question now becomes what do you do once Leonard Fournette becomes healthy and his value has taken a hit already just because he's missed so many games? I would wait to see how things play out. T.J. Yeldon was actually at the top seven entering last week in snaps for running backs in the NFL. You'd expect that to take a slight hit. So T.J. Yeldon's value going to go down, and obviously Carlos Hyde's value now goes down because he's in that situation. More of a boost for the Browns back uh, backs in this case and more of a detriment to the Jacksonville backfield.
5: Mm-hmm. Agree with you there. It's going to be fascinating to see how it, how it affects both teams. Jaguars, I think, more interesting because they're built around the ability to run the football. Yeah. They haven't been able to do so. Uh, obviously, they also have some issues in their offensive line, but that could open up things for Blake Bortles. Taking on the Houston Texans, divisional game, and can he get a guy up and going? Does he know how
4: many of the plays does he actually know when you acquire him on a Friday? The NFL Network says that Raiders running back Marshawn Lynch could miss a month of action because of a strained groin and actually is a candidate to be placed on injured reserve. That's devastating news to the Raiders. Um, Now, what about that in terms of fantasy football? Right. The, uh, the Marshawn Lynch has had a tough go of it just because of the issues the Raiders have had moving the ball uh, Jalen Richard is a guy that you may want to add but I wouldn't rush out and end up uh, picking him up just because the Raiders are a mess plus they're on a bye this week Yep. but also with Lynch's status remember this is a guy who came out of retirement to play for Oakland not necessarily for the Raiders but to play for Oakland with his contract being up at the end of the year with the future of the Raiders and where they're going to play next year, and obviously we know in two years they're going to be in Vegas. The question is, maybe we've seen the last of Marshawn Lynch in an NFL uniform. Yep.
5: Um, interesting right. if he drives around his last game on a cart like he did when he was, <laughs> that was,
4: that was one cow. the one of the best highlights outside of the uh, <laughs> the okay. the uh, earthquake in Seattle. Uh, Bears, pretty cool. uh, Bears defensive end Khalil Mack, questionable to face the Patriots on Sunday because of a sprained ankle. Was able to get on the practice field today, but Mack has never missed a game in his NFL career as Tom Brady comes to the Windy City Sunday. It's over, you know, he rolled that ankle in the first half against the Dolphins, and he
5: taped it up and played and was relatively ineffective. Um, and, and what happens when you sprain your ankle is, a lot of times if you go on it, the adrenaline pushes you through. The next day you wake up and it's swollen up. My guess would be he plays, but again, the question is his effectiveness and the Patriots' ability to do a quick game and no huddle and hurry up. All of those things will take away from his effectiveness and that wear and tear, especially when he has a bad ankle. Uh, I, I think the Patriots will know that, note that,
4: and make him pay. Arizona Cardinals rookie quarterback Josh Rosen has a sprained big toe on his left foot. Suffered last night against the Broncos. It's actually good news because many feared it was much worse. He should be able to start in week eight. And when he does, he'll have a new offensive coordinator. Mike McCoy fired today. Byron Leftwich takes over. Oh, wow. Yeah,
5: did, you, did you hear his quote on on his big toe? He no. He's like,
4: yeah, I don't want to be I'm not
5: soft. Just a to toe, I'll be fine. right? Yeah. So he at least knew... Uh, there's some self-deprecation there in his own humor. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Byron Leftwich does as an offensive, uh, offensive coordinator. I mean, here's a guy who's only been back in the league for a minute. He was, I think, an uh, intern. I mean, basically volunteering as a coach last year. Put on staff, and Mike McCoy could not relate to the players. Could not get the ball to the most talented of their players. And this is what happens. Uh, it's going to be imperative for. Josh Rosen to have better line play and better play calling because
4: they've had bad but terms of both. And Mike McCoy, second straight year, he's been dismissed as an offensive coordinator midway through the season. Last year, Denver, this time around in Arizona. Last night's blowout on Fox averaged 6.6 million viewers while TNT's coverage of LeBron James's Lakers debut at Portland got a 2.6 rating. Of course, it was a late start in L.A., though. It drew the TNT's highest NBA rating in the city since 2014. Yeah, mm-hmm. look, it's
5: going to be hard. The West Coast thing is is really difficult to navigate because a good portion of uh basketball fans are East Coast fans. And uh so when they travel east, they will be on TV that the numbers will be much higher than year-to-year numbers from the past, but being out west, especially in Portland, uh, I'm I'm sure the local LA numbers were good, but yeah. East Coast numbers are going to die because it's just too late.
4: What do you guys yeah. would th- what do you guys think did better last night, basketball or baseball on TV?
5: Uh, I would say one was on
4: basketball, was on ESPN, TN, was on ESPN, yeah, you're on TNT, excuse me. And, and uh, baseball TBS. was on FS1, yeah. yeah, TBS was on TBS,
5: yeah. Uh, I would say, I would say, basketball did better,
4: Johnny.
2: Sorry, oh. sorry. Oh, <laughs>
4: When I said you guys, I think maybe you'd be ready. (laughs) Baseball. I'll say baseball. Baseball. Ryan Music. I'll agree with John. Baseball. It was baseball, earning a Uh, 5.0 overnight rating. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, It was uh, cable TV's highest rated program of the night, up 28% from a year ago. Uh, One of the longest uh, streaks, that is, not streets, streaks, in sports ended this week. The Montreal Canadiens sellout streak ended Monday, guys. 583 games. Yes, the Canadiens-Red Wings game was not a sellout. The first non-sellout in Montreal since January 8th of 2004. Six. That's remarkable.
5: Yeah. Mean, there's, there's two parts to it, yeah. or maybe three parts to it. Uh, and Montreal is good this year. Just your, If you're tracking them, you're like, oh, well, Montreal must be terrible. Like, no, uh, Detroit is terrible. Detroit yes. is winless on the season, which is... When did Detroit become Detroit was hockey town now it's just town
4: when did they lose their <laughs> hockey they weren't good last year either so it's like they're just town thirty thirty first <laughs> in goals
5: thirty first yeah. in goals a ten, a goals against I don't know how many hockey teams there are, but that seems bad <laughs>
4: they've uh, yeah and I'm just looking back they've missed out on the playoffs the last two years uh wow as well. so yeah they weren't in uh, the last time they were in the playoffs was twenty sixteen but mm. uh yeah I thought it's an amazing streak. Think of that, 583 games. Uh, I don't think our interns were alive back then. No, maybe Dom was just a a little younger. Uh, Finally... It's an end of an era at the All-England Lawn and Tennis Club. Announcing today, Doug, that a fifth set tiebreaker is coming to Wimbledon on the heels of last year's six-plus-hour final set in the semifinals between Kevin Anderson and John Isner. Next year's event will have a fifth set tiebreaker. It won't start at 6-6, though. It'll start at 12-12 in the final set if needed.
5: Huh. So they kind of going NFL thing. We're like, we're going to try and make everybody happy here. We'll still have our ridiculously long... Uh, final yep. set, but just not so long that uh, old people die while watching. <laughs> and that's the press. Hey, yeah,
3: they're impressed. That was the press.
5: I brought it up early with John Smoltz. And, you know, as good as Major League Baseball has been, game four between the Red Sox and Astros is an incredible baseball game. It's over five hours. Tell me something you're going to do for five hours. The best movie you've ever seen, you wouldn't watch for five hours. You know yeah like, well you can get up and now it's too long have a great sports weekend i'll i'll report back as to what clemson's atmosphere is like this is the doug gottlieb show always on fox sports radio
6: i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico